Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I've got an amazing episode lined up for you today with Tony Jeffries. Now, Tony is an all-round badass. He was an Olympic medalist. He's the co-owner and founder of Box and Burn. He's a seven-time national and European boxing champion. He's undefeated pro boxer, and I wanted to say thank you to him for giving up his time today for me going into his gym, sitting down and asking him a number of questions, and I know you guys are going to love the answers to these, and this was a, an enjoyable episode, something that I was really looking forward to uh, on my trip here to LA. So make sure you sit back relax and enjoy the show as always if you do enjoy the episode take a screenshot post it on your instagram story and tag myself and tony so we can get your feedback but for now that's it for me i'm done talking let's get stuck into the episode all right tony mate thanks for joining me on the fitness and lifestyle podcast it's a pleasure to be in your presence mate yeah thank you thank you for having me on me absolute pleasure so guys as i mentioned in the intro to the podcast tony is uh, an absolute boxing champion, I believe, seven times national uh, yeah. champion, uh, Olympic medalist, undefeated as a professional boxer. Yeah, undefeated as a pro. Won in, European championships as well. Yeah. <laughs> Just add a few in there. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, give us a bit of a rundown on how it all started. So, how did your boxing career start? Well, what age did you start? So, ever since I learned to walk, my granddad used to get me in a boxing stance and try and show me how to box and. When I was 10, that's how we got to be to go to the boxing gym. I got took to the boxing gym, and that's where uh, that's when it started, you know. And then competed for 17 years. I had 106 fights in my career, um, and then unfortunately, it come to a crashing end where I hurt my hands and I had surgery, couldn't recover, uh, and that's when I retired. So, what, what was the hand injury that you had? So I had a hole in one knuckle, and then I had a tear in the other tendon in the other knuckle. So I got surgery on both hands. And that's just from repetitive impact. Yeah, yeah. exactly. People don't realise that the, the thing that takes the most Nothing punishment. Too many people out. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> the thing that takes the most punishment in boxing is your, is your hands because you're constantly pounding them, and I don't think your hands were made to punch stuff. You know, so uh, yeah. yeah, so that that's what happened. And. Um, Something that I wanted to, to ask you about is, is this is something that I've been interested in as well. So when you go into a training camp for uh, a professional fight or any fight, how long do you particularly give yourself for that camp? Obviously, right. it might chop and change depending on how soon you find out you're, you've got a match lined up, but how long is a camp usually? Yeah, they're normally six to eight weeks, the, the training camps as a professional. But as an amateur, like a world-class amateur, uh, which I was when I went to the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games and all that, you know, you're fighting every other month so you're constantly ticking over you're constantly keeping fit and keeping ready uh, you might have a week off or even the week off she's still working you know so for, for the pros it's normally eight weeks for that for the amateurs you know you, you're constantly just consist consistently fit and in shape and what was i guess what was the your least favorite part about a training camp like do you do you enjoy the training side of things or do you just yeah. enjoy the fighting or is there bits where you just absolutely dread turning up to, to training or what was your mindset yeah. around that all of it mate I'm telling you I, I didn't like training I didn't like dieting uh, I didn't like thinking about their opponents and the, their, uh, and the fight because you constantly think from the second you wake up in the morning to the second you go to bed it's on your mind about the fights and all that. I didn't really like any of it you know okay. uh, uh, 
it's like what Muhammad Ali says, you know, yeah, every yeah. minute of training. Uh, and I, I really, I didn't enjoy it, you know, but the, but when you actually do fight and you win and you get your hand raised at the end of the, at, at the end of the fight, you know, there's no better feeling and it makes all that oh, sacrifice. It's an addictive, addictive feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's like a, a drug, you know, you, you want that feeling all the time and obviously when I retired, that was the hardest thing, not, not going to get that high anymore. Uh, but yeah, I really didn't like the training, but I loved the winning, you know. Amazing. And throughout your career, you've obviously done a number of unreal things. So there's there's obviously been a lot of highs, but I'm sure there's been a lot of lows. So in your eyes, what was the highest of highs and what was the lowest of lows? The highest of highs was definitely winning the Olympic medal. You know, it was in that... I remember no, it was 2008, yeah? Yeah, 2008 in Beijing. I was in that quote, the... Uh, the fight to get into the, it was the quarterfinals to get into the semi-finals to get the, the bronze medal and you know I, I knew I was like eight points up in the last in going into the last ten seconds of the round because the, the, sorry the last ten seconds of the fight because the crowds chanting down ten nine eight yeah, yeah. And I just knew once that bell rings I'm going to win the Olympic medal you know so when that bell, that bell rang there was no better one moment feeling in my life than yeah than just that that time there you know I was on an eight year training program for the Olympics eight years and to get through the full eight years and to achieve me get the reward was, at the end yeah I mean it was it was amazing and what was the lowest of lows Apart, I'm going to say aside from having to to hang up the gloves what was the yeah. the lowest of lows I got I lost in, in Melbourne in the Commonwealth Games uh, in 2006 I lost to a Scottish guy and uh, I should have won the fight and that was in the quarterfinals I, I, my third fight in the week and and that third in the one week third yeah, week, right. yeah and how and many rounds in a commonwealth four rounds four okay and with with lo- losing a fight i trained so hard for that and i and i really expect to get a gold medal in, in melbourne and you know i never got the gold and that was the, the hardest moment for me in, in boxing and so what's what's the process mentally and physically after uh, a loss so last night um i've watched this a couple of times but last night i was watching um Conor McGregor's documentary, and one of like the um, the one of my favorite parts of the documentary is after he loses to to Nate Diaz, right. and like you see the emotions that he goes through, um, and you know he was pretty humble when he when he lost and stuff like that. But what are the yeah the physical and mental? Um, what's the process once you once you lose a fight? Uh, it's it's really really tough, you know, you because you I think when you lose a fight you really hard on yourself and it's uh, it, you've got to really try and pick yourself up but there's, there's, like I said there's no, there's no worse feeling really you just mm. feel like a failure you've put everything in for the eight weeks or however long it may be for, for this one moment and then not to get your hand raised it's, it's horrible yeah. it really is there's a and it takes some getting over it, it normally takes you to fight again and win to, yeah. to be able to get over exactly, that you know? yeah. uh, so do you find yourself do you find yourself, uh, you know, just hoping that, or well, like kind of searching for that next fight straight away? And do you find, are you the type of person that would be back in the gym, you know, a couple of days later, um, getting back into the swing of things and figuring out what you need to do to improve to, to win that next one? Yeah. Uh, nah, you know, when, when, when I've lost fights in the, in the past, uh, when I've lost fights in the past, um, it's... I, I don't know, I'm just down. I, I feel really down. and uh, Yeah, you want to get back in the gym and you want to work and, and learn. But I felt like when I won a fight, I learned more from 
I learned more from winning than losing, which it's supposed to be the other way around, yeah. you know. I win a fight, I go in the gym and my confidence is high and I feel really good, you know. It's really tough to when you when you lost a fight and you feel like you're a loser, you know, to, to pick yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. What's the process physically with recovery after a fight, regardless of whether you win or lose? So from the moment that you get um, back back into the rooms, what's the process with recovery? Um, I mean, after the fight, you normally forget about recovery and go get drunk. <laughs> eat, loads of, eat loads of shitty food and, and get drunk. And, uh, yeah, and you might put loads of weight on, which yeah. I, used to, I used to do. But, um, yeah, so... But I mean, after training, recovery is very important because yeah. in boxing you train uh, two, three times a day, so you've got to be recovered for your next session. So I used to, I'm a big fan of ice baths. Even now, I like to get cold, cold yep. therapy and, and do stuff like that. You know, I think that's really good. Have you done cryotherapy before? I've done cryotherapy. I I think ice baths is um, much better than okay. cryotherapy. Have you? What about you? Yeah, I've done both as well. Like I, I've, I haven't done cryo as much as I've done ice baths. I think definitely, what I've found anyways for any form of like, if I've got like a bruise or or like a, a knock or or something like that, ice bath is more effective yeah. for me. Which I'm assuming for you, <laughs> yeah, is probably what you're after. Um, I, I do enjoy cryo, and I think I've been looking into it a lot more, and the benefits seem to be quite, quite good um, with cryo. But yeah, I guess it's each to their own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think as well for an ice bath, it's it's a lot mentally. You've got to be mentally stronger to get an ice bath. It's harder to get in. It know? is, yeah. And it, and, it, and it lasts it lasts longer. Well, if you if you're in for like I mean I go for like eight minutes. Okay. It's tough. Where the cryotherapy is like two minutes. Is that right? Yeah, maybe two three minutes is basically the length of a song. Every time I do it, they tell you to pick a song. Oh, and really? By the time the song's up, you're out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've even been. I don't know if this is something you do, and I think I mentioned it on maybe the last podcast. But um, I've been forcing myself to have like a, a fully cold shower. Um, oh, nice! Every either every morning or every night, and it's sometimes it's not even about the physical thing. Like you said, it's almost like that mental thing about yeah. forcing yourself to do it, and then each time you do it, you kind of build up more and more discipline to actually yeah. do the shit you don't want to do. Yeah, I'm I'm massive on cold showers. I get one every single morning uh, for for that reason, but. I think it really wakes you up and helps you with alertness, and it, yeah. it really it's like it's like a challenge, you know. If you if you get through that challenge, challenge you automatically feel good about yourself, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love it. I I had Ryan Munsey. Do you know Ryan Munsey? He was a he's a, got a good podcast, a big podcast on, okay. on my on my podcast now. And I asked him like, because uh, he's all, he's always talking about biohacking and that stuff. Yeah, I yeah, says, yeah. What what's a biohack for when you're feeling down and you then you really low is to get a cold shower okay for that reason where it, it helps you mentally and you you get past that challenge yeah and it really does if you're in a cold shower the last thing you can think of is your problems are whatever you've got going on you know because you're like, getting out yeah exactly <laughs> so it clears your mind it's kind of like a form of meditation in yeah. a way where you clear your mind from everything else yeah so I'm, I'm a massive massive fan of cold showers yeah when you are minutes or just moments from entering the ring before a fight, um, let's say a professional fight, especially something like the Olympics, what's going through your brain? Like, what's the process? Yeah. What's the thought process? You, you know, you, you think about... Uh, it's a pretty vulnerable moment when you're going into the in the changing rooms with your trainer before the fight because your trainer is the one person you trust the most and uh, it's all it's kind of on him to give you the, the right... Um, the, the right advice and words to make you feel good, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
but you, yeah, you, you're thinking like about the hard work you've done, everything you've, you've went through and put your body through, and um, thinking about your game plan and what you're going to do. And it always pops into your head. What the fuck am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? This is the last time I'm doing this. Yeah. And I was just with a really high-profile fighter, uh, sorry, a really uh, accomplished fighter last week, Stephen Smith, and he said the same. Even now, like uh, he even thinks, like, why the fuck am I doing this? And then it comes in your head, then it goes. Goes. Yeah. Because. I mean, you're about to get in the ring in front of thousands of people and have a fight. You know, why the hell are you doing this? Yeah. But yeah, that goes and then uh, and then you feel good about yourself and then you just... I just used to think, like, I'm going to hurt this guy. <laughs> I really am. But, but as well, I was thinking, I can't get hit with, with this punch. If, you, if I'm fighting a, a guy who's got a great left hook with the body, that's in the back of my mind. I'm not going to get hit with that one punch, you know? Yeah, and... I'm assuming this this is just kind of fight by fight, but the saying what's the saying is everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. So what what is the is that a hard thing to get over? Like you obviously go into to a fight, you know your opponent probably in and out by the time you get in the ring with them, and you've got a plan of attack, and then you do cop a cop, cop one to yeah. the chin or one kind of dazes you a bit. How hard is it to then regain your focus and go back to the plan? Yeah, no, it is hard, and you, you've got a game plan. You get in the ring and like. With, with me, I've got a really good jab, which is a straight left hand, and I, and I used to know that if I can land my jab cleanly, I, I'll find my range and I can land my other shots. And yeah. when I couldn't land that jab, it was frustrating and it was tough. And it's really hard to change your game plan up when you're in the ring, like if you if you, if you you can't land them with these punches. Uh, but it's something with experience, you know, like I said, 106 fights, I've got a lot of experience. When you're in there, you can you just change the game plan without really thinking about, thinking about it. Yeah. Me. And it's, it's funny that to Mike Tyson seeing what you're saying like everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face if you get a punch in the face of Mike Tyson it's going to be a little bit different you know <laughs> but as a boxer probably not much thinking going on after no, this, right, exactly. <laughs> but as a boxer you, you get used to getting punched in the face like now if you put a glove on and punch me in the face I, I wouldn't really feel it but if I put one on and just punched you in the face I don't know if you've been punched I'll, in the face before. I'll take your word for it but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're like oh fuck that hurt yeah but for for a boxer, you get you kind of get conditioned to it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, a lot of uh, big big athletes, even like performers and and people that speak in front of you know lots of people, and um, I guess professionals in their field that do get nervous before events, say that as soon as they're on stage or as soon as that um, that whistle blows or as soon as the bell rings in the ring, all that nerves just goes. And yeah. as soon as you throw that first punch, it's it's just. You know, you've tunnel vision and, right. and you're in. Is that what you were like when you were in yeah. the ring? Were you much of a nervous fighter or did you just kind of get on with the job? Uh, I mean, I got, I got a little bit nervous and all that. Uh, it was when you sit and getting your hands wrapped, that's when it used to, the nerves used to kick in, but then they'd go. But then, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? When you're in the ring or when you're on stage or whenever you do, the nerves go. I wonder why that is. Why is it? Probably because you can't think of anything else. You've got to be focused, <laughs> right? Think about yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're in it right then, so maybe that's what it is. I think it's that manifestation of you think you're you're like building up that much hype around what you're about to do that you're kind of talking yourself into being nervous when in actual fact it's, especially if you're someone that speaks or yourself a box or someone that's a professional athlete, you do this shit day in, day out. You know right. it like the back of your hand. So in the end of the day, you're going up there to do something that you do every single day. The only difference yeah. is that there's people watching. Yeah. So I think it's just that thing that you build up in your brain that, that, that you kind of psych yourself out almost. Yeah, and as soon as you get in there, it just goes. You're off. 
Uh, this is this is going to benefit myself, but I'm sure it's going to benefit a lot of people listening and watching as well. For the average the average Joe who just likes to do a boxing class, or maybe does a bit of sparring, even or um, or just is into their boxing, what are some tips that you can give to help improve improve, improve boxing. boxing? Yeah, all round, like nothing in particular, but even whether it's breathing, foot position, yeah, hands I, over. like the same thing with boxing is the same thing in everything in business in every single sport is. Being con- consistently practicing the basics, you know, you see too many people try to get in boxing, try, try to get flash and try to get ahead of themselves. When let's 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 just work on the job, let's work on the one-two hook. You know, let's get up, let's get that really perfect yeah. and be consistent with that, and everything else will follow. You know, okay, yeah. Rather than trying to get ahead of yourself, and like I say, it's it's the same in business. You've got to be consistently doing the basic shit. Good. Do the small things well consistently. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and it's the same with boxing. You know. And that's that's how you get better and better and better. So yeah, definitely just keep working on the basics. Try not to do all these fancy flash combinations you might see on Instagram, and try and just get the basic one two down. And you've got a good. Uh, I was actually looking through some of the videos on your YouTube the last couple of days. So I'll make sure I put the link. And you've obviously got your podcast and everything as well. So I'll put the link oh, nice. um, to those in the the show notes and in the um, the the YouTube notes as well, guys. But um. The next question I had was around nutrition. So um, something that I obviously talk about a lot on the show is nutrition, the importance of, of, a, of a, uh, a well-balanced diet but also fueling your body for performance and recovery. So when you were fighting, what was your kind of – what did you gravitate towards in terms of your approach to food? Yeah. I used to – now let me start off by saying this. Like I really don't envy nutritionists because there's a lot of different opinions on nutrition and there's a lot of arguments for nutrition, you know, with different diets coming and going all the time, you know, so I, I don't envy, I don't envy you being involved <laughs> with that. But yeah, in in boxing, it was uh, just eating clean was basically uh, lots of veg, lots of chicken, okay. uh, chicken breast, and all that, uh, with the oatmeal in the morning for the breakfast. Uh, you know, trying to keep off the sugars and, and drink shit ton of water, you know, and having a cheat meal once a week uh, on. On a Saturday, you know, having going over a pizza or okay. an Indian yep. or whatever, uh, which again, like now I'm hearing. So, so I was on a, a carb, no carbs after lunch diet. Okay. You know, even when you were, even when I was training. Okay. And he, I used to make the weight, and he used to work for me, but now I'm hearing that that's not not the way you should have really done it. You know, with the new things that are coming up with a high fat diet. Yeah. And yeah. No. Yeah, like like you said, there's just so many different approaches, and there's no one size fits all, which which is good, yeah. which is a good and bad thing. It'd be awesome if you could just say to everyone, "This is what you have to do, and it's going to work for every single person on the planet." But unfortunately, that's not the way it is. And what works for you may not work for me. What works yeah. for me may not work for someone else. Um, and if you find an approach that works for you, regardless of whether someone says it's yeah. the best approach or not, then what? There's no real reason yeah. to change it. But um, you're right. There are so many different ways to approach it these days. And this was um, like this was like eight years ago since I retired. <clears throat> I know in the last eight years how much has changed it. Oh. Like I never, I never even thought about putting butter in my coffee. You know, and I do it all the time now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and, and you know, people's got different views on that. What do you think about that? Um, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a large fan. So my approach in nutrition is is basically a flexible approach. So um, I believe in knowing, roughly knowing your numbers like you would with business, like you would with anything. Um, you fuel your body like it's a car, give yourself good quality fuel. I think there's flexibility needs to be a part of it. So if you're someone that's saying, all right, I really like ice cream, but 
I'm not meant to eat ice cream, so I'm not going to. Eventually, you're going to eat it and you're going to binge on it. So I, my opinion is keep a small amount in there as long as it works with your numbers um, and keep everything in moderation because if it's not sustainable, if it's not flexible, then it's not sustainable in my right. in my approach. So I think yeah. 90, 90% of your intake should be coming from nutrient-dense whole foods. Uh, I think protein is extremely important, but when it comes to the ratio of carbs and fats, I don't think it's as important as people think it is like butter in your coffee like if you enjoy butter in your coffee and and there's obviously some health benefits to it then then like go for it right. but I, in my opinion i wouldn't do it just because i see it as one i can't imagine liking the taste of it and two i've never tried it i've never tried it i think two it's almost like in my eyes it's almost like just a weight like you're just adding making a drink that's very low calorie a very high calorie drink right. by adding butter to it but like I said, there's different different methods that work for different people and there are pros and cons to everything. You can type in on Google today what uh, six reasons why butter in your coffee is good or six reasons why butter <laughs> in your coffee is shit and you're going to get a yeah. shitload of answers for both. So in the end of the day, it comes down to personal preference. But um, well, let me ask yeah, you it's this. interesting, what, isn't it? What, what, what's the best one food in the world? Best food? Yeah, one piece of food or fruit or veg or whatever it would be. You can only, you can only pick one. Only pick one. I'm gonna have to go with my vegans and vegetarians aren't gonna like this. But I'm gonna have to go with steak, right? A lean red meat. Oh yeah, lean really? red meat. Amino acids, protein. But but this is this is this is kind of just goes on to what I was saying before. Like with, I don't necessarily look at like put it this way. There's no there's no foods that will make you lose fat, and there's no foods that will make you gain weight. If you have too much food, you will gain weight. Yeah. If you don't, if you eat less food, then your body is burning, then you will lose weight. That's just, it's as kind of simple as that. So when people come to me and say, "What should I eat? I want to lose fat," like, or "What should I avoid?" I don't. I say, eat the foods that you enjoy, but this is the intake you need to work with. Right. And if you're in that range, then I guarantee you'll see results. And yeah. for them, it's it's kind of like this is good because I'm not. I don't feel like I'm restricted. I don't feel like I'm like on a diet. I think if you're on a diet, you're going to come off a diet. Yeah. So yeah. my approach is to to basically just change the amounts that I'm eating depending on what my goal is. If I want to if I want to get bigger, then I'll eat more of the stuff that I usually right. eat. If I want to lose fat, I'll eat less of that right. stuff. So that's my approach. And like like I said, it could be different for you. It could be different yeah. for, for everyone. But um, if it's not sustainable, then it's it, then it's, you're just not going to stick to it in the long term. I just find if if you're following an approach that you don't think that you could do for the rest of your life, then what's the point? Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. This year, uh, People are always looking for quick fixes. That's the problem. I know, right? Like me, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> uh, like uh, b- burn more calories than you intake, and then you lose weight, right? Yeah, in theory, that's that's, and in the end of the day, it's, there's there's uh, there's no two ways about it. That's that's how the body works, and obviously, there's other factors that come into play, like your hormone levels and your stress. And if you're feeding your body with shit food, regardless of whether you're taking in less than you're burning. You're going to sleep like shit, perform yeah. like shit. Your hormones are going to be out of whack. So that's where I'm really big on what I call the 90-10 rule. So I, I think that 90% of your food should always be coming from nutrient-dense, whole, like clean fruits, whereas that 10% could be for a glass of wine with dinner if that's what you enjoy or, or um, you know, back home, go and catch up with, with a few mates and grab a few beers or whatever it may be. Because um, for me, that's going to be something that I know I can do yeah. for the rest of my life rather than someone telling me or me telling you, you need to eat this, What I, I give you a plan, you follow this and then as soon as you go off that, in your mind, you're like, I've fucked up Yeah. or if you go off it, you're not on the diet anymore. So, I, I just don't think that's a 
I don't think that's a. No, that a makes smart sense. Approach, yeah. yeah, you want to be able to stick to it and, and, and not keep going up and down, up and down. You know. Exactly, it's, it's a yo-yo effect. Otherwise, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's odd, isn't it? Well, this for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get back to talking about some boxing. <laughs> um, so, what, when you were growing up, um, you obviously started boxing at an early age. Was there anyone that you looked up to as a boxer? Was there someone that you kind of really idolised or, or yeah. tried to emulate your? No, boxing not really. Style? Not really. Um, like you mentioned earlier on, Roy Jones. I just love watching Roy Jones. Wow, right. he was my if you guys haven't watched Roy Jones' uh, yeah. highlights on YouTube, then soon yeah. soon, make sure you finish listening to this and watching <laughs> this and then go and watch that. Yeah, uh, Roy Jones is, is amazing. Uh, I loved him, but there was no one I used to really look up to or like heroes or, or yeah. idolize as a fighter. No, not, not really. And I want to tell you too, I didn't really like it. I didn't really like to watch it. I, I used to be in tournaments and I was big for my age, so I was always the last one on. Okay. Like, like seeing the schoolboy championships, I'd be the last fight on, and there'd be 60 fights. I'd be sitting there watching 60 fights. I don't want to watch any more fights, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> funny you say that. There's a number of athletes that I've spoken to that some of them just absolutely love watching the sport right. that they that they uh, play in and or that they compete in, whereas others, similar, like they love competing, but they could not be bothered watching it yeah. at all. They have no interest in watching it outside. And... I guess a lot of the time, if your whole day is consumed by boxing, the last thing you probably want to do is then go home yeah. and watch boxing, watch or, boxing or go and watch more yeah. boxing. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of like an, I like watching MMA now because uh, that was another question I was going to ask. Yeah, you. that interests you, the UFC and and, yeah. and MMA. Yeah, I like that because it's it's like it's obviously got like boxing in it, but it's way more in it, so it's it's yeah. not, not as boring or as repetitive as watching boxing fights. So I'm enjoying watching the UFC now, MMA. Awesome. So I've got a few more questions. Um, the next thing I wanted to quickly talk about is is your gym. So we were, yeah. we were just out there before um, in Santa Monica, in California, Box and Burn. Yeah, Box um, and Burn. So is there one one location now? There's two locations. Two locations. There's one in Brentwood, like four miles from here as well. Which okay. Is another very nice area. It is. And what's the so what's the concept for someone that's listening or, or watching? Um, what's the concept of Box and Burn? Yeah, it's it's boxing fitness. You know, not getting punched in the head anymore. I'm, uh, not a fan of getting punched in the face anymore. No, so it's like yeah, boxing fitness where where we where we do uh, all of the things that I would do in a camp with the with the boxing work and then the strength the strength work as well. It's all co combined into one session, so all mixed up. And we've got the the best boxing class in the world. I guarantee you that. Not not the best business model, but the best boxing class. And why I say it's not the best business model is because we've got four to six trainers teaching one class. So you're getting the one-on-one -on -one work, mm. which obviously makes it an amazing class. But like I said, uh, it's it's tough for a business. Expenses are a little higher. Yeah. But in the end of the day, like I think, um, by the sounds of it, we both listen and consume a lot of business-related stuff. The more, more and more that I that I kind of listen to people that are doing really well and successful with what they're doing. If you're trying to give someone a service, it's about giving them the best service. Yeah. So if you're trying to give someone a, an experience, it's about giving them the best experience. And eventually, the the financial side of things is going to come. Yeah, definitely. Like if you're if so, if I come in and do a session with you at Box and Burn, and it's the best class I've ever done, I'm going to go and tell people about it, regardless of you know that, that class might have you could have made more money off if there was less, yeah. less trainers, but it might not have been a yeah. better, a good experience. It's like this mate. quote I posted the other day, never start a company with the goal of getting rich. Your goal should be making something you believe in and making a company that will last. You know? 100%. And, and that's it. We, ne we never come into this to 
me and my business partner Kevin Watson, we never come into this to to get rich. We were doing it for donations only when we first started at, at the beach. Okay. We not making any money. But then but then we created something that we love and we think it's the last and it's gonna be and like I say it's the best. Uh so the the money's starting to come, yeah. You know, well we get we doing alright now, but like at, at one time we weren't making anything because that's what we were about, you know. Yeah, but if you didn't love it, you wouldn't have stuck it out. And exactly, exactly yeah. right. Like, yeah. like we say, with the dieting as well. No, yeah. it's like we say, the basics. Just fucking do the basics. Hundred percent. And you've got a podcast, Box and Life, and we we're yeah. talking about this before. Um, you're going to start uploading stuff again. But some <laughs> of the guests that he's had on the show is just fucking insane. So um, after this, again, after you've finished watching or listening to this, go and check out, subscribe to Box and Life. The content on there is awesome, um, and I'm sure there's a lot more to come. Awesome. We are talking about podcasting before and how we think. Well, I definitely think it's going to be – it's just going to grow. Yeah. More and more people are starting to listen to podcasts and consume audio while they're in the car and, and um, or traveling or training or walking, whatever it may be. So go and check that out as well. I tell people, so we do a Boxing World Academy, which is our education program where we teach personal trainers how to teach boxing. I told you we come to Melbourne next year. Uh, it's called the Boxing World Academy. And on that, I do a, a, a talk about how to promote and brand yourself as a top fitness professional. I do like 40-minute talks. So I've got quite a bit of experience in that. And cool. I'll, everyone's sitting there and I'll see it at the mall I'll say put your hand up if you listen to podcast 90% of the people put their hand up and I'll say now put your hand up if you've got a podcast no hands ever go up mm. I say why? why have you not got a podcast? Yeah. You know, you're passionate about this it's free it's great for SEO gets your name on Google uh, iTunes it's everywhere you know start a podcast you know and I really recommend everyone starting a podcast definitely and um, you know how long have you been doing yours for? Like three years now. Three years, yeah. I'm, I'm getting, I think I'm getting close, getting close to three years now. And um, something that Gary V says a lot, and what he does a lot. Keep in mind, he has a, a team of a lot of people yeah. doing this for him. But even if, if right now we were recording a video, or you were doing a talk and you were recording a video, or someone that's a trainer or someone out there that's that's recording a video or working with a client. You can then take that audio and, and use that as a podcast. It doesn't need to be a professionally, right. um, you know, professionally done podcast. It can just be content that you're putting out and you're redistributing it um, across all different platforms. Yeah, definitely. And like what, like as well, what you can do with it is just let's say, for instance, when we when you were giving your opinions on on diet and, and lifestyle change, what I'll do with my podcast, I'll send a clip to. Uh, a lady who helps me and she'll transcribe it into a blog. Okay, yeah. Now I'll put the yeah. blog out, I'll put the blog on the YouTube, I'll put it on the uh, uh, Instagram, put it everywhere, little little clips of the video goes everywhere, the audio clip, and now you get everywhere. And now you're all of a sudden you've got five or six different pieces of content. Yes, and so the people who don't like watching can either listen or they can even read about it. You know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So it's, it's, it's very valuable for not just in the, this industry but in any industry, people are doing it. I agree, yeah. All right, before we wrap things up, I've got a few a few different names or a few different topics that I wanted to bring up and I just want your opinion. I don't even have any questions around it. I just want to bring right. them up and see what your thoughts are. Firstly, the Conor McGregor and Mayweather fight. What was your thoughts going into it and what is your thoughts after it? I absolutely loved that fight. I loved everything about it. And I get it. I get shit off because the boxing community all hated on it, you know, and I'm big in the boxing community, so I got a little shit for, for that, but I loved the fight, I loved the build-up, even though it was cheesy, I loved how much money they made, 
I actually I really enjoyed watching the fight. I was nervous before the 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 got my emotions, you know, and and in Mortal it's about building emotional relationships yeah. and all that. So they got everyone's emotion. I th- I absolutely loved it, and you know, Conor McGregor. Every, every time he comes to Los Angeles, he trains in Box and Burn. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. So he come to the gym, and, uh, and I remember he was telling me when he was in the gym, he said, "I'm going to try and fight Floyd Mayweather." And I was like, "Oh, right." I was like, oh, "Absolutely <laughs> no chance." And I was <laughs> laughing, shit, yeah. telling people. Next thing, he's, he's matched with Mayweather. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved that fight, and I loved it all, all about it. And I've been putting on my Instagram as well. What do you think about uh, Mayweather McGregor two? And again, getting loads of shit. But I would absolutely love to see it. Oh, I think. <laughs> Like you said, like you know, you might get shit for it, but name one person that wouldn't watch it. Exactly, yeah, exactly, and that, that, that's what I was just telling everyone. Like, you know, you're gonna, are you you're giving the shit? Are you gonna watch it? Are you gonna pee? And what are your thoughts after the fight? How do you think Conor went? And did he go as well as what you thought, or did he do better than what you thought? He done way better than what I thought. He, he won like two or three rounds. Beat I would almost say four. So what it I was? Thought, oh, well, I thought, yeah. I, well, I'm not definitely, you know, more than me, obviously, but going off what I've read after it and watching the fight myself, it just seemed like he won the first four rounds. Yeah. And I I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. I was gobsmacked. Whoa, he's winning these rounds. He's winning these rounds. And uh, yeah, I thought he did really well. And he hit me with an uppercut. I couldn't, I was like, wow. But the thing is, right, with, when you you turn professional, like MMA is a different sport. In boxing, when you turn professional, you start off your, might have two four round fights. Then you move up to six round fights. Then you move up to eight rounds. Then 10 rounds. By the time you're fighting 12 rounds, you've had 16 to 20 fights, right? This is his first fight. That's why he got so tired, you know? He did amazing. He's absolutely amazing. Unreal. And, you know, going off what we spoke before about people tuning in to watch a fight, this is this is one from left field, but did you watch any or did you see any of this stuff around Logan Paul versus KSI, the two YouTubers yeah. that had a fight? I mean, like the numbers, they, I don't know, like the numbers from what I've read, it's fucking good. Oh, in terms of people like buying yeah. the fight and you know the early rounds like you said they gassed out relatively quickly but the early rounds like Logan Paul didn't look too bad yeah and that's I, his first fight yeah I didn't I didn't watch the fight I watched the full build up to, to that fight again and I absolutely love it I, I love shit like that these are two millionaire the millionaires right yeah yeah and and they don't have to do this and they're getting on and they're putting their reputation on the line for nothing you've got I've got nothing but respect for them for doing that fight you know it's it's huge it's huge and yeah I heard the fight was a bit of a mess well, I mean what do, you, what do you expect isn't it you know yeah check it check it out like the, I think it's um I think you can actually watch it now just for free on YouTube but the first two to three rounds Logan actually looked good the KSI the duty fought after the second round after he realised that Logan was kicking his ass came out and just made it a scrappy fight it, right. it was shit to watch but up until that point like you watched Logan and, and after four months of training in your first fight it's it was fuck, I was surprised at how, how good he actually looked as a and I think they're planning a rematch in, yeah. in LA you might have to get Logan in to, to come train at yeah. well, gym. he follows me on Twitter so I, I tweeted him and asked if he, if he wanted help with his training camp but he never replied I would love to train him just because of the, the the publicity that shit brings you know, oh, fucking nice. definitely and then the last one I want to bring up and we spoke about him before is Brendan Schaub yeah. so um, those that listen to my podcast or, or follow me on Instagram know how much I love stand up comedy and one of my favourite podcasts is The Fighter and the Kid 
and one of the hosts, Brendan Schaub, used to be a UFC fighter and, um, and Tony was his striking coach. So what was he like to train? Um, you mentioned that he still comes into the gym every second day or so yeah. and, and you're, he's one of your best friends now. Yeah, Brendan's great and it was great to train him. You know, I never, I, I, that's what got me into being a fan of MMA. We had a mutual friend called Tom Watson who was in the UFC. He was sponsored by the same Lonsdale, the same company as me. And Tom introduced me to Brendan and Brendan in a session and he loved it and he wanted to bring me on so we worked together we became very good friends and I started studying UFC and uh, sorry MMA and uh, and yeah I was with him for his last three fights and uh, he won the first one he got ripped off his second one and then the last one was a disaster against the uh, what's he called Ronda Rousey's boyfriend now Travis Brown uh, yeah it was it was a disaster uh, but uh, yeah it was a great experience and you know just been in the in a cage side in the corner for these big massive yeah, fights. Yeah, what an experience! And then as well, like now, Brendan is absolutely killing it in what he's doing now. Like, I mean, very very successful, uh, which I'm really happy for. I'm really happy for him because it's like ninety percent of fighters leave fighting and, they, and they've got nothing to go fall back on. Mm. You know, where in boxing and MMA, and for for him to leave and, and come out like successful. You know, and that that number ninety nine point nine percent seems nah. I see loads of fighters doing it, but you don't see the other fighters that's not doing it. No, exactly right. Yeah, and for him to be killing it now, you know, it's really good, and he's helping me grow my business as well. Oh, likewise, mate. Yeah. Like you're you're obviously doing extremely well. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Well, guys, that is it for uh, today's podcast episode and the interview here with Tony so Tony thanks a lot man I appreciate you coming on the show it's definitely been one of the more enjoyable episodes <laughs> I've um, had and hopefully we can we can catch up again maybe next year you to see the rest of the people you've had on your podcast being boring bastards no 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 no, no yes no, you no. are <laughs> no 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 don't throw me under the bus here. come on no but thank you mate thank you for having me any, any time next time you in town we'll do some boxing 100%. Guys, uh, thanks for tuning in today. Do me a couple favors. Make sure you visit those links in the in the show notes below. Go and give Tony a follow on Instagram. Um, if you've enjoyed today's episode, take a screenshot of the show, post it on your Instagram story, tag myself, tag Tony. If you've got any questions um, for myself or Tony, either contact me or contact uh, or, or Tony by DM and we'll be sure to get back to you. But um, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and look forward to chatting to you again in the next episode.